This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on this gorgeous but yeah. busy Saturday morning. Mike. Right, but look at what a gorgeous day it I is. Know, just absolutely beautiful. Just step out the back door, have a cup of coffee, cup of tea. Don't go, don't go anywhere because there's too many places to go today. It is a confusing <laughs> day. Where are you going to go? I mean, that's the thing. There are so many events on Luminato. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about in a little bit. Uh, oh my! Pride gosh. just started, yeah, and, and look, Taste of Italy. Well, north by northwest, it's yep. all over the place. Yep. And Harborfront, oh, new Harborfront opened yesterday. I'll be talking yesterday. about that this afternoon, but the, uh, oh, all sorts of wonderful entertainment we saw last night. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, um, did you want to give the numbers first? And I then will. I've got lots going on okay, in the garden world, Okay, let's get too. to it then. Here are the numbers to reach Charlie Dobbin on her show, The Garden Show, 416. <laughs> really? That, is it my show? I, this is to, to pre yeah, yeah. pre. Uh, Pre-protect me from being swatted. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. And away you go, Charlie. Mantra? Oh, yes. Call early, call often. One question per call. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And if you're a a first-time caller, let Sebastian know because you'll earn that. All right. Okay. Okay, so today... In support of the Rouge Valley Health System Foundation, the homes of the Scarborough Bluffs will swing their front doors open to welcome guests for a third year. That's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tickets are available for purchase at the Cornell Campbell House, which is 36620 Kingston Road, starting at 9.30 this morning. Uh, now, remember that the Bluffs Gates Open tickets are $30 each and, as I mentioned, are in support of the Rouge Valley Health System Foundation. At 4 p.m. today, I will be on site at Erin Gurgis's house, which she was here, joined us yes, a few weeks ago. So I'll be at her home to conduct a fun and informative gardening seminar and quaff the odd cocktail and yeah, have some... The odd cocktail. <laughs> maybe go for mm. swim, whatever. Uh, <laughs> she has a really nice garden. And you're going to plant my tree. Oh, right. Your, uh, which I have to go home and get after the show because you forgot your tree. Uh, well, it's your tree. Yeah. You offered a tree. So <laughs> it's appropriate yeah. that I forgot to bring a tree because you forgot to give Aaron a tree. <laughs> it all go- goes around, comes okay. around. Bottom line is uh, garden party tickets are $20 each and all of this can be purchased on site at the Cornell Campbell House. Also today... The Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society, 58th Exhibition of Cut Garden Roses and Floral Designs. That's from 1 till 5 today and tomorrow at 10 to 4. It's at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre in the McQuestern Theatre. This, of course, is located at 680 Plains Road in Burlington. Admission is completely free with RBG admission. There will be a potted mini, there's potted mini roses for sale and a complimentary mini flower design workshop in the afternoon. 
Also today, the Woodbridge Horticultural Society is once again hosting its Woodbridge Garden Tour from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Gorgeous day for garden touring. Tickets are $10 each. For more information, go to www.woodbridgehorticultural.weebly.com. Uh, next Sunday, June 28th. This is an interesting trip. Get on the bus to see hostas. If you love hostas or you've got a, lots of shade in your garden and you know that you're having trouble finding the right plants for those super shady spots, hostas are often mm-hmm. the answer. Now, there are thousands of varieties of hostas and you go to your local garden center and you see three or four for sale. You probably already have them. You swap with your neighbors. You all have the same hostas. However, Next Sunday, you can travel to gardens that are overflowing with hundreds of varieties of hostas. Holy hostas. Exactly. For the hostaholic, we call this. (laughs) From Milton to London, the bus will be stopping along the way at different major gardens filled with hostas. You can purchase a few along the way that really grab you. You can connect with your fellow hostaholics. So to reserve your seat, contact Sandra. Uh, Now, Sandra can be reached by phone at one eight one eight six six seven four two seven one five five. So that's eight six six seven four two seven one five five or Sandra Sherba Life. Okay, Sandra, it's all one word. Sandra S H E R B A Life. That's that's right. At AOL.com. Okay. You know yeah, what I right. suggest? We're running close to a break here. Yes, sir. And save some of those announcements. We'll squeeze them in as we go if you've got any more left. Well, we've got but, lots more. Yeah. It's nonstop. But I've been thinking about all this past week. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, geez, I wonder if I can, you know, work it to get off work to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Wouldn't we Charlie. all love to go okay. to Hawaii? You've got a grand trip planned for folks. So Well, exactly. Through YMT Vacations. Uh, there, it's a two-week, four-island tour with me hosting the tour and you joining me and Elliot on this tour. And it's going to be so much fun. It's all the, the same beautiful Waikiki Beach and Pearl Harbor and the traditional tourist stops. But special trips, side trips to pineapple plantations, coffee plantations, orchid nurseries, uh, fish farms. So some pretty Mm. cool sustainable agriculture and horticultural delights for those of you that would like to participate. The best way to to find out more is you can go to the AM740 website, so am740.com. Top, right across the top, there's a banner. Just click on that banner and it will take you directly to the the, the phone number to call or the, the email to send. All yep. the stuff. Yeah, because they want to hear uh, from you if you're interested in participating. Well, I'm, I'm busy at home. I've got a new hobby. Be making grass skirts. You can take one of mine with you. So have have a wonderful time and join Charlie. You will have an absolutely guaranteed time. And we have lots of folks waiting to talk to you, Charlie, Brenda, Mary Lou, Maureen, all online. We'll be to you folks in just a couple of moments here on AM740. Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And thank you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Let's get to it. Brenda from Dundas on the line. Charlie, good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about deadheading. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some aquilegia. 
Mm-hmm. Also known as Columbine. <clears throat> it's Columbine, Columbine yep. Salvia, and my iris are dead. Uh, what do I do? I deadhead them or just leave them? Well, it's, that's a great question. If you don't deadhead flowering plants that have finished flowering, mm-hmm. one of two things will happen. One is many of those plants will begin to set seed. A lot of energy goes into seed formation, and very few flowers will form after that fact. Mm. So if you wanted to start an iris nursery, I would say, sure, um, keep those, those brown, shriveled flowers, allow those seeds to set, and proceed to collect and, and nurture baby irises. No thanks. But for most of us, that isn't what we want to do. We want to maximize flowering for next year. So yes, do take off that shriveled bit. Leave the green stem that the shriveled flower is attached to, so just cut off the top, because you, uh, by leaving the maximum amount of green leaves on a plant, it can photosynthesize to its heart content, heart's content, and though plants don't technically have hearts, and it will grow and be bigger. And the bigger the plant is, the more flowers you will have in the future. Lovely. Okay. All right. So that goes for the uh, the columbines and the salvias? Absolutely. Okay. And columbine are one of the worst, just so you know, for seeding all over your garden. Yeah, Depending. Things that come up don't have any flowers. Right. Yeah. And when yeah. they're immature, they often don't flower. So, you know, sometimes we deadhead just because we don't want the plant everywhere. And otherwise, other times we deadhead because we want to really maximize flowers for next year. So I go out there and chop them all off. You right? do. And today's a perfect day. <laughs> Okay. okay bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day out in the garden there. Unlike tomorrow. Tomorrow they say it's going to be quite wet early yeah. in the day. So remember, we don't do a lot of pruning when it's wet. Okay. So today is a perfect day to get out. It's nice and dry and sunny. There's going to be nice wind, etc. Absolutely. Well, in Oakville, there's Mary Lou. Hi, Mary Lou. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. I, I have a question about a plant I love called Gora, and mm-hmm. I think I don't know how to pronounce nope, it. No, that's right. G- Is that right? Yep, Gora. Yep. Okay. G A U R A. Yes, I love it because it cascades over my other little plants, mm-hmm. uh, and I have planted it in various parts of my garden. Mm-hmm. I cannot overwinter it. Me I neither. Have tried for three years. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to tell you that I can't do it either. It is what we would consider, and you're in Oakville, it's what we consider a tender perennial. If we lived in Victoria, British Columbia, we could overwinter it. Uh, because we live in uh, where, what, you know, you, where I'm in quite a bit further north in terms of heart, like coldness, than you are. You're closer to the lake than I am, which is always makes it a more gentle winter. But Gora is a very tough one to overwinter. Best thing, and you're planting it in the ground, right? Yes. So if it's in the ground in the fall, after we've had a really hard frost and all the top growth has, has died back, what you should do when, you, when something's tender is uh, the leaves are dropping from the trees. Get out your lawnmower, mow some leaves so you've got a nice pile. And you can, what you want to do is pile about a six, seven, even an eight-inch pile of leaves over top of the roots of the gora plant in the fall once it's been frosted. Okay, I have written that down, okay. and, but I have to tell you, you've made me feel better. If you can't overwinter <laughs> it, then I have probably no hope, but well, I will do what you say and hope for the best, and, and, and thank you. a suggestion as well, Mary Lou, would be to stick a stake in the ground just so you'll know what's underneath that pile of leaves in the spring, because you will have to move those leaves aside as the weather starts to warm and the soil starts to thaw. You'll, you won't leave that eight-inch layer of leaves. You'll eventually move it outside until you've only got an inch of leaves left, and it sh- hopefully, cross fingers, will pop up through. 
Oh, I'm going to write that in. I have a garden book by oh, month, excellent. so I will write that All in right. both months. Thank two, you. Two jobs. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks okay. for your call. Thank you, Marie, uh, Mary Lou. Uh, we're going to be talking to Marina in just moments here, and uh, that uh, call leaves the line open uh, at 416-360-0740. And the other uh, number I want to get to you is our uh, free toll-free call, one 740 4740 from anywhere in Ontario. And do you know that mm. anywhere in Ontario you find soreness, it can be helped to a great <laughs> anywhere, degree by... Anywhere in your body. Sierra Sil, yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, I used a bit of that uh, myself yesterday. Which one? Well, the it's the analgesic spray. Yeah. yeah, because I've got a sore back. It's uh, I've got a sacroiliac problem, you know, this, uh, what do you call it... Um, Sciatica? Sciatica, oh, yeah. yeah. And and that seemed to help. Really? You know? Yeah. But you know what I think it is? The the spray, the analgesic spray, mm. smells amazing, as we know. Oh. And I think it's because you rub it in. It's an oil spray. Yep. You rub it in, and it's just that warmth that you create with that oil in your skin and the rubbing. It seeps right yeah. into your body. And, yeah, and it's often tension, right? When we've got mm-hmm. pain, we get tense. So it's just getting that Relaxes. tension to relax a bit, and then the pain seems to disappear yep. to some extent. So the analgesic spray is all about muscle pain. And the Sierra Sil pills that we've talked about in the past, which you and I both take daily, Mm -hmm. are completely natural mineral supplements that are all about the joints. They're all about keeping those joints oiled and moving and and moving without pain, which is, of course, super important for golfers and gardeners and walkers and runners. One more more thing. There's a new product that maybe you can – it's active, the active uh, Sierra Sil. Sure. Maybe I just can find that piece of paper with all that information. I (laughs) like the way you do that. We'll get to that next time. (laughs) That's okay. We'll talk about that next time because it's very important. It's a a brand new product that they're very proud of at uh, Sierra Sil, based in Vancouver, by the way. Right, because it's the same regular natural minerals, but it's called... Um, it's active, joint formula active. Okay. Yeah, Keep that in mind. We'll talk more about that maybe next time around. Eh? But you can always call of and course. ask the people at Sierra Sil for more information one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.com. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphinia. Stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yeah, good morning once again, and I've just been chastised. Yes. Having a little chat with Robbie Lane, and it was not related to The Garden Show. Not at all. Smack me around. Jeez, I'm telling you. Sebastian, look, he's just killing himself laughing in there. Yes. (laughs) Enjoying the fact. Our our main guy, whose voice you will hear when you call, these numbers, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. And away we go to talk to Dave, no, pardon me, Maureen in Toronto. Maureen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And Frank, you sound like you're having a good party there. Oh, I'm telling you, we are. Okay. <laughs> Do you know Hi, Frank? Charlie. Hi there. Um, my question, you might hope that you don't think I'm being stupid about this, but we have been away, and our back garden has all these weeds in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the weeds are getting overwhelming. And my daughter wants to come and put mulch all over the weeds. 
is that a good idea? I'm trying to pull them out, mm-hmm. but it's hard in the back, and I only pull out so much a day. Right. So what do you think about this mulch bit? Now, these are weeds within a, an existing flower garden, shrub garden, yes. that sort of thing? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so you, the very small ones that get completely covered and suffocated by the mulch mm, are likely to die. Or well, not ha- the big ones. However, the big ones will not. And the, mo- the deepest you would put mulch on a garden is a two to four inch layer. So, so anything that's taller than, you know, sort of two inches tall is just going to say, thank you very much. That mulch is keeping my roots nice and cool and oh. maintaining moisture in the soil oh. for me. And, and I look so pretty with all this mulch around me. Yes. So, no, but the, if you have trouble getting to pulling all your weeds, my one tip is do what you can to ensure they at least don't get to go to flower. So you know what it is? Because one weed can put out thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of seeds. Well, the, these are the these are the tall. They're tall now, and they're. I have one in front of me right now, and it's got uh, three, th- one main stem and two on the side, mm-hmm. and there's three leaves on each stem, and uh, they're very tall. And there's no flowers. I've never seen any flowers oh, on really? them, mm-hmm. and uh, just I'm trying to pull them out, but it's yeah. pretty hard to pull them all out because no. you know it's hard in the back. Okay, somebody told me about a very cool tool at Lee Valley Tools, and it's a kind of a hoe. That's designed to, you know, when you hoe, you cut off the weeds at ground level. But I'm pretty sure it was called a show, <laughs> if you can imagine. So, show. How do you spell that? Uh, you know what? I am just right at this moment looking it up for you, and maybe we'll have to go to another caller rather than have me ditz oh. around here. But keep listening, and let me um, see if I can uh, just look this up for you. Because that apparently it's very, a very ergonomically designed tool. Oh. Uh, for those of us that are having trouble getting down and then getting back up, uh, this is a long-handled hoe-like tool with a great blade on it so that you can pull it towards yourself to cut off weeds and you can push it away from yourself to cut off weeds at ground oh. level. Oh, okay. Okay, so, yeah, stay, stay with us and I'll... Uh, I'll keep listening and see Frank, if I you can... go have a good party, okay? Oh, yeah, he's okay. not of much use doing my research, I'll tell you. He's flip, <laughs> okay. flipping on All my right. computer here. <laughs> Thanks for your call and, st- and keep listening. Thanks, Maureen. Okay, yeah, it's party time mm. here on Zoomer Radio. It is. Let's, Beautiful let's day for a party. open the door. Welcome from Hamilton. Here's Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to ask about... Spraying fruit trees at this point in time. Okay. They've already been sprayed uh, before the flowers came out mm-hmm. in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they be re-sprayed again? And when? This is a challenge. It's very, very weather-dependent and also uh, health-dependent of your trees and even age-dependent of your trees. Yeah. Uh, with the kind of rain we were getting, though it's a gorgeous day today, but with a lot of rain, we find that fungal diseases thrive. And uh, some of the diseases like fire blight just have a whale of a time when it's dark and humid and gray and wet. So part of growing tree, fruit trees effectively is monitoring them on a daily basis, okay. checking the tips. I mean, aphids and many of the sucking insects love fruit trees because they have sweet, nice sweet sap. Right. So, so there's insects that are attracted to fruit trees. Weather will certainly have an impact on fungal diseases and, and mildews, etc. So like I say, it's a lot of it is monitoring and then it's working with the weather to spray at the appropriate time. So when we know when, um, rain events are coming, we'll often 
spray with a fungicide to try and prevent any of the uh, fungal diseases from spreading or from even getting started right. on trees. Okay. So that's the one thing I would... You know, and remember, you probably... Sp- Sprayed with a dormant kit, which was the lime sulfur and the oil back, back in the spring. Yep. Lime sulfur can be used as a fungicide during the growing season, as in now. Uh-huh. There are instructions right on the bottle telling you the water dilution rate. Yes. And frankly, given the kind of weather we're supposed to be having tomorrow, it is, it, it, today would be a good day to spray. However, it is a bit windy. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's going to get windier. <laughs> so if, this, if the wind drops, like it often drops at dusk, yep. be prepared. Maybe you could go out and spray then uh, if, you know, if the wind does drop, because otherwise you really don't want to spray lime sulfur when it's windy because no. your whole neighborhood will be yelling at you. It smells like rotten eggs, right? Yep. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, that's, that's a lot of times sprays are for fungal sprays are for preventative purposes. Yep. Insecticides are to target the insect that has infested the plant. Good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I hey, hope in that advance, uh, happy Father's Day to you, Dave. In the case that applies. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I Thank just you. took a shot in the dark. You never know. Well, you're right. Exactly. Uh, in Lindsay, Ontario, Main Street, Kent Street. Let's see where Alan is. He's I'm in the Lindsay area. Anyway, good morning, Alan. Good morning. Morning. I have uh, an orchid. We've had it about a month and a half, mm-hmm. and I water it every two weeks, mm-hmm. and now the leaves are starting to fall. Mm-hmm. Now, my question is, we had one once before. The leaves dropped off. I didn't know what to do with it, so I went to a garden center. They said, cut it right down. Mm-hmm. I did that, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Okay. Now, the orchid you have is very likely a commonly called a moth orchid, M-O-T-H, so, uh, or properly called phalaenopsis. Well, it's in a, uh, like a bark-type uh-huh. container. As it should be. And it's a pla- is it a plastic pot it's in? Yes. Okay. Here's what I would do. Uh, tell me what – do you have it in a window – uh, is it in a north or south window? In west. West. Okay. So it doesn't want too much. It doesn't want to be in direct hot, hot western sunlight. So if you do have it in a western window, I would get it about ten feet away from the window. It is. Okay. Good. Or alternatively, it can go right in a north window, as an example. Okay. So it's uh, uh, come winter though, you'll you'll be able to move it closer to that western window. So for now, ten feet is good. Now, what I do with my orchids, and, and you know what, I've killed, I've probably killed more orchids than anybody in the world. So I'm, you know, the best person to ask this question. But I have learned a lot. I've spoken to some absolute experts. And one of the main things I've learned is that when you want, when it's time to water an orchid, probably every two weeks is not often enough at this time of year, number one, because it's long days, we've got active growth, the plant, uh, big leaf surface area, lots of moisture required for the plant. Right. The bark is designed just to hold the plant in upright. Right. There are huge air spaces in between those bark chips that happen as the moisture disappears. Right. Get yourself a bucket. Fill it up with water. If you have access to rainwater, that's the best. But if you don't, then just fill it up with tap water and let that water sit overnight. I do. Okay, so it's room temperature. It, the chlorine is evaporated. Then you take that orchid and you immerse the entire plant, pot, bark, and leaves that's under the water. But probably you should be doing that more, more often than every two weeks. Okay. Okay. 
And it's hard to know because it's not like you can stick your finger in. I do it based on the weight of the plant. So you know once you've sat it in the water and the air bubbles have all escaped and it's right. thoroughly saturated, you, f- you know what it weighs. You can feel the weight. Yes. So check that. F- keep feeling that weight daily. And I find at this time of year it's about every seven days that I do that. Okay. But you're right. It is closer to every 10 days to two weeks in the winter. Okay. Okay. Now, For- what, what do I do like when the leaves fall? When I- leaves fall, t- well, are these, these are leaves from below, the bottom leaves, right? They all, not the leaves, I'm sorry, the, the flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's perfectly normal. The flowers don't last forever. No, but do I cut it down? No. No, you know why? It's, orchids can surprise you and send a, a new shoot off and a new bud off of a green stem. So don't take, let, when the flowers fall, no problem, into the composter. Leave the green stem until it shrivels up and turns brown and then remove it. Okay. Okay. And then it will regrow? A different one will regrow, yep, as long as you're looking after it properly. And do consider fertilizing at this time of year every two to three weeks okay. right through till September. Okay, but keep watering it even after the leaves are gone? You're talking or about flowers. After the flowers are gone? Absolutely. Those leaves need to, need to be fed and watered in order to create another flower stem, right? You've got uh, leaves and then the flower stem. Okay. Okay. I thank you. You're very welcome. All right. Thank you very much. And with that, as we uh, say bye-bye to uh, Alan, uh, we uh, have a line free for you, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else that Zoomer Radio reaches here in the province of Ontario. Which is and United States. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not toll-free. To the United States. For province of Ontario. Yeah. Right? Okay, sorry. Right. I'm going to smack <laughs> sorry. you. Sorry. <now>. Well, yeah. <laughs> Interrupted. All right. 1 866 740 4740. And here she is, master of everything, mm. according to Charlie. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Should have seen There's the odd seen the thing look. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The look I got there. Wow. <laughs> if I were an orchid, I'd be dead. Uh, let's welcome Ellen to the line here from Brantford. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Morning. I really enjoy your program. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you. I'm calling because my daughter decided to have a garden wedding in my garden. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> no it, pressure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it sounds lovely. Um, but the colors that she chose, for the colors that she chose, I had to put some annuals in. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering when you would suggest I cut them back to get the best bloom for August 8th. Tell me what they are. Um, mostly petunias, just for for that purple color she wanted. Mm, and are they fragrant? Yes. The purple wow. petunias are so fragrant this yeah. year. I, I, I'm just my socks are blown off every time I walk up to my front door. This amazing fragrance, and, and uh, it's the petunias. We have a light lilac as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so why are you considering cutting them back? Are these like wave petunias? What kind of petunias are they? Just little. Yes. Eight yeah. inch? Or are they waves? They're wave, and and I've found in other years that if I don't cut them back, they get really leggy. And are they in hanging baskets or, or containers? Or are they in the uh, ground? Uh, containers. Hmm. A few, a few here and there. Because <laughs> a, a wave petunia makes a great ground cover. Mm-hmm. Like it'll grow a meter by a meter. Like I mean, these are they get monstrous. So in that case, I wouldn't do a lot of cutting back. In a container, remember. You are the boss of the plants, and there will be certain plants that will will take over a container. Sweet potato vine comes to mind. So, I mean, you can cut back 
appropriately for shape at any time. I do find with all the annuals, though, and this goes back to our first caller who was calling about deadheading, you must remove the flowers when they are past their prime in order to encourage more flowers. So in the case of petunias, I typically wouldn't think of doing a lot of uh, cutting. I would think more in terms of deadheading consistently and fertilizing consistently to maximize the bloom. Okay. Okay? Yep, good enough. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye. And have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in to Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's see, we've got, uh, oh, we've got Ron online from Milton. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, go ahead. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Can you hear me, Ron? Yes, I can. All right, where you go. That's good. Okay, sorry. I'm calling about uh, a tree that we love in our backyard. It's perfectly uh, symmetrical, looks wonderful when it was healthy. Mm. But uh, it's a king maple Mm -hmm. that's 23 years old, and uh, half the tree didn't come through the winter. Mm. It got little buds on it, but they never matured into leaves. And it all, it has a common trunk, and there's two main branches that go off. And uh, one of these branches <laughs> and everything that comes off that, there's nothing. It's, mm. it's completely bare. And it's on one side. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what I think it is? Yeah, no? Crimson King Maple is a, is a Norway maple with the red leaves or purple mm-hmm. leaves. Very popular tree. Norway maples are famous for creating girdling roots. So a root that girdles the plant. And one of the ways you know that uh, they do it all the time, and so they actually commit suicide, like they kill themselves by strangling themselves. And it's wow. just, it's just, it just happens. Now, one of the ways you'll know that, or you'll suspect a girdling root, is if you go out and look at the tree, a tree trunk should come down and then it should flare as it gets close to ground level. So it flares and then there's the ground. Mm-hmm. And you look, and it should be a round trunk. Norway maples, when they do this girdling thing, they'll often have a, it'll be quite flat. Instead of cylindrical in the trunk, it'll be quite flat in the trunk on that side where you're not getting the growth you expect. And we always suspect a girdling root in that situation. You can dig down and look, and if you find it, you can saw it out, or you can um, bring in a certified arborist or somebody who really knows what they're doing. They'll dig down and find it and cut it out. And if it's not too late, they'll save the tree for you. If you leave it unattended, it will die. Isn't it kind of peculiar, though, when it has a common trunk that uh, half the tree would uh, be lush and the the other half... uh you know, no, it's, be- it's actually not. Not in the case of a Norway maple. It's, it happens right? quite often. So it's really, um, yeah, I know. If, if you want to just remember that, look up girdling, G-I-R-D-L-I-N-G, in a book or the web, and you'll see that Norway maples are famous for it. And see if, if you can see any images that will say, make you say, oh, yeah, that looks really like what's happening. The only other thing that happens to Norway's is a disease called anthracnose. And typically it attacks the whole tree. And you'll know it's anthracnose because the leaves will be smaller than normal. All, the entire tree will be sparse, and it will often defoliate early. But you rarely see, you know, anthracnose on just half the tree. So that's why I suspect a girdling root. Charlie, thank you so much. We'll get on that. Now. All right. Okay, good Thanks stuff. for your call. Thank you. Hope you Bye-bye. can save that. And i got to tell you, folks, you'll want to girdle yourself <laughs> if you don't take the trip to Hawaii with Charlie. <laughs> girdle <now>. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. throttle yourself. Yeah. No. Well, well, yes. 
bottom line is it's going to be a very, very fun trip. Well, yeah. I mean, Hawaii is gorgeous anytime. But January the 6th, where else would you rather be? And and a whole bunch of gardeners have the same common purpose in mind. To, so of like mind. Sure. I mean, evolve. flowers, fruits, fish, coffee, all the important things. <laughs> and the beach. And, well, yeah. you know, all kinds of really fun events are part of this tour. It is a full 13 days, four islands, uh, leaving Toronto January 6th. Now, it's put together by a company called YMT Vacations. So how do you find out more about this trip? Well, there are phone numbers to call, and but in terms of the web, there is a fairly simple way to get there. You go to ymtvacations.com. There's a little search box up in the top right corner, and you plug in CFZM, which is our, our, call, letters, our yeah. call letter, CFZM, and what you will come up with, I'm just going to show Frank, because I did this already, where you search, and there you get search results. So there it is, oh, yeah. Toronto, 5 Hawaii, 4 Island. Agricultural tour with Charlie Dobbin, and it tells you all about it. Click on there, and I'm just going to see if there. It's got to be a phone. Where's the phone number? There's a little form you can fill out, and for more information, or you can call one eight hundred four eight two one eight zero eight. So that's eight hundred four eight two one eight. Zero eight for more information. Okay, I'm looking stuff. forward to it, and I really would love some people to join me. You bet. Well, hey, the Zoomers out there would love to join you. I know. I think so. All righty. Hey, we're going to be back with uh, more calls on Zoomer Radio, the Garden Show, right after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with Charlie, as we welcome other uh, callers but into can the I line. Just oh, quick yeah, update. sure. Maureen called from Toronto earlier in the show, yep. and she said the weeds had gotten out of control in her garden, and she's hoping that mulch could suffocate them. Yeah. And I told her, no, it's not going to work. However, Lee Valley Tools. Um, you know, go see your bank manager because you always need a mortgage on the house before you go into Lee Valley Tools. <laughs> Love their stuff, but it is not inexpensive. However, I found what it is I was looking for. So everybody, listen up. It's called a SWO, S-W-O-E, SWO. So it's a kind of hoe that has this push-pull motion. It allows you to cut weeds off just below the soil mm-hmm. level. So you don't need to bend because it's got a long handle and you get the angle right for you mm-hmm. and you stand and you go back and forth and you go through the garden slicing off the weeds. They fall to the wayside and then you go in with your mulch. There you go. Okay. okay. A swoe. Forty-four fifty is what the price is. Yeah. So it's okay. not that bad. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and it's going to save you a lot, you know, a lot of work. Well, that's right. And, the, and, and get those weeds dropped down before we get more rain and yeah. flowering and seeds and oh my goodness way to go we're going to send a bill to Lee Valley to us right after the show <laughs> uh, hey Tim's on the line from Thorold hello Tim good morning good. Uh, how are you guys doing good today good morning great hope all is well a question on my lawn mm. I've got a pretty nice green lawn but this time of the year and it happened a little bit last year I'm getting uh, patches of weed I'll call it and they got little yellow flowers and, and do the leaves look a little bit like a clover? Yes. Okay, you know what that is? No, it's called, I'm calling you. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Well, I'm glad you called. It's called... I just Sometimes it's like it doesn't matter what it's called. What matters is how do I get rid of it? Anyway, it's called Black Medic. At black, like the color, M-E-D-I-C-K. It is a weed. 
And I'm just going to double check that I'm correct. And I'm just doing a quick Google there. Uh, yeah, check that one. Black Medic. How do you get rid of it? Well, you know what I would do? I'd get out my bottle of wine, <laughs> my cushion, or a stool or something, knee pad, and a, a screwdriver. It has a taproot, which is one of the issues with this plant. Really easy to get out of the lawn after a rain. And the the great thing about this plant is it really spreads like crazy. So if you feel great, you get your screwdriver and you get you sort of lift up the leaves, lift up the leaves till you find the main stem, which of course is taking down to that tap root. Use your screwdriver or your tool, loosen it out, pull, and there's this root, and you've just a whole m- a, yeah, you've area. just a huge mass of plant yeah. came out with one single pull. Oh, okay. But you do need to get down there and and get it root and all. Would it be best to water and, and kind it's of? It's going to rain tomorrow. So so you know. Monday morning or tomorrow evening because it's going to slow down supposedly. Yep. So, I mean, that's what uh, that's the best thing because there's really – there's no really effective herbicide. And even back in the day when we had Killex, Killex was not that yep. effective on this plant because of that taproot. Mm. The older the plant is, the tougher that root is, the harder it is to kill. So it's it's a pull job, I'm it afraid to say. It seems to be a little worse this year than it was last year. So. Yeah, well – Okay, well, I appreciate cool. the information. No, okay. you're very welcome. So Black Medic, M-E-D-I-C-K. Okay. And if it's, if it's a Appropriate, Tim. Happy Father's Day to you. It is appropriate, yes. Good stuff. Thank you. Okay. Take care now. Thank you. Tom in Brentford on the line. Good morning, Tom. Oh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've got a simple problem, I think it is. Um, The stems on half of my roses are thin and can't support the weight of the blooms. Mm -hmm. And this is in spite of, you know, I add compost and fertilizer and Epsom salts. And uh, hmm. the just the, the blooms just drop, fall down, facing the ground. Are these Austin roses by any chance? The, the, some of them are, and some of them aren't. Some of them are just hybrid teas, but some of them are David Austins. Okay, a couple of things. One is David Austin roses are famous for big blooms, super heavy, and. They do tend to flop because of the oh, top yeah. heaviness. And we always, back in my white rose days, of course, white rose doesn't exist anymore, but back when I worked there, we always used to joke that David Austin roses are the best. You just have to lie flat on your back and look up, and you can really enjoy them because they always face down to the ground. Um, and at that time, at White Rose, rose specialists, the roses that, that White Rose sold were bred in France by a gentleman named Delbard. And Delbard roses were famous for super strong stems and they never flopped. So it's two things that are going on there. One is it could be the varieties you've chosen that they just have weak stems. Number two, it could be the pruning you're doing in the spring. I, I followed your advice and took them down to two inches from the ground. Okay, and how many stem, how many canes did you leave on the plant? Well, some of them only had one, but I didn't leave any more than four. Okay, yeah, so I was going to say, yeah, four, four max, so that's good. Now, what you, and you fertilized at that time. Yes. You've mulched around the base of the roses. Yes. Okay, and like you said, you put a little Epsom salt, so that's good. They love Epsom salts. Yes. For now, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, the rain has pushed a lot of very soft growths, and that by soft, I mean floppy growth on all the plants. Mm-hmm. Is your soil, does it tend to be on the clay side, or oh, is it? Oh, 
I've got really good soil. Oh, do you? Oh, lucky you. Yeah. I'm moving to Brantford. <laughs> once told my soil was too rich. Oh, really? Well, see, that's it. So if it, technically, if your soil is too rich, you, do, you don't want to fertilize. Because, again, fertilize pushes new soft growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe next spring, hold back on the fertilizer, do the pruning, do the, the magnesium sulfate, which is the Epsom salt, okay. and hold back on anything nitrogen-based. Because okay. that will slow down that green stem growth. They might be shorter plants, but at least they'll be stronger plants. Okay, then. Okay. And lots of sun? Are they in lots and lots of oh, sun? Yeah, yeah, they get about seven and a half hours. Okay, good. Because, again, the more sun, the more compact the plant should be as well. They're not all like that, but yeah. there's some of them like that. It's a wee bit disappointing. It is. But they really just take a fair amount of work. I know, know it. I know it. So, I mean, for this year, I mean, some staking, I, I personally hate doing it, but staking is an option. Um, the other thing is just say, look, I'm going to cut them. I'm going to take them inside and have a beautiful bouquet inside, mm-hmm. and that's going to bring them down in height so that the next set of blooms will be lower. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. All right, thank call. you, Tom, and yeah, happy bye-bye. Father's Day to you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I loved we, his accent. Yes. A wee bit of trouble. Just a wee bit, bit of Roses trouble. Roses are a wee I, bit of trouble. Uh, it's a good line. Well, no. They we are to, a wee bit of trouble. They're more than a wee. Anyway, <laughs> we can, some, get, you, we can get you out of trouble with aches and pains. Mm. The company that uh, both Charlie and I our spokespeople for yes. is Sierra Sil, based in Vancouver. They discovered years ago a wonderful product that really does originate in the Sierra Mountains. Mm-hmm. They were able to collect this, do research on it. It turns out it has wonderful relief for people with aches and pains. Joint-based. Yeah. And there's a new product. <clears throat> we talk normally about the pills that you take. We take each take three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, then there's the analgesic spray. But, Charlie, can you describe the other that's brand new that's from right. Sierra It's Sil. brand new, and it is available at all the national yeah. uh, health retailers and Rexall drugstores. It's called Sierra Sil Joint Formula Active. So you don't have to be like like a professional athlete to take this. Trust me. The new active formula contains cucurmin. So what is cucurmin, you say? Well, it, it, cucurmin actually comes from uh, the spice turmeric. So turmeric, and this has been known for thousands of years, to, to be um, something that has a higher analgesic effect than your basic acetaminophen. So it's a you know, long, mm-hmm. long history of medicinal uses. So the cucurmin is mixed in with that lovely right. mineral from the Sierra Mountains. And sure enough, there we are. Our joints are working mm-hmm. smoothly, but our pain relief is even better right. with the joint formula active. So, um, and like I say, throughout Asia, people have benefited from the helpful effects of cucurmin for centuries. It's the orange pigment in turmeric, so that's the primary ingredient in curry. Uh, And it's a potent antioxidant that offers numerous health benefits, including supporting joint health and cardiovascular function and helping to maintain the body's normal inflammatory responses. And the phone number for? 1-877-JOINT-14. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And in the remaining moments here on The Garden Show, we have a chance to have a chat with Andrew from Guelph. Good morning, Andrew. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. I have a weeping elm tree. It's Mm. probably 25 plus years old. Mm -hmm. Every spring, I'm giving the lime sulfur oil spray, and every spring it's just loaded with uh, leaf miners. Mm. 
and I'm wondering what else I could do. Wow, good question. Loaded with leaf miners. So leaf miners are insects that eat the tissue in the center of a leaf. So you've got the upper dermis and the lower dermis, and then you've got tissue, the mesodermis in between, mesophyll it's called. Anyway, they eat. So are there holes right through the leaves, or it strictly looks like a net after they're finished? They're strictly inside, and actually I've got about 30% of the leaves left now. Uh, they, they curl up and fall off. Huh. I've never even heard of such a thing. Lovely play. It's called the it's called a camper down elm, and oh, here we go. I'm just doing a quick uh, a quick search here on uh, leaf miners and camper down elm. See, there's some pictures of it. I'm just showing Frank. We go to High Park every Saturday, yep. and uh, there is a lovely. I bet you it's. 50 years old, Camperdown Elm. It's a piece of sculpture in the winter, and it's just gorgeous right now. So common spring leaf miners. Uh, sorry, I'm just out of Illinois. There's some good information out of University of Illinois and also from is this Massachusetts, Michigan State Extension. So there, there is some good stuff on the web, which I don't have time to read right now, but I would suggest you just Google Camperdown Elm Leaf Miner. I will do that. If you have access to the internet, because I think you'll find there's some good pictures here that you're going to find. A few mines may not look good, but leaf miners rarely harm the plants is the how it starts off at the Michigan State. And it really leaf miners won't kill. What kills is if they mine every leaf, right. the plant is starved from being able to can't photosynthesize. That's the, the issue and why we want to protect. There's no systemic insecticides out there anymore. And you are smart to do the dormant spraying that you're doing. I would say off the top of my head, the only other thing is the other regular TLC, fertilizer, water, as required. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right, Thank you so much call. for calling, Andrew. Yeah, all, all the right. very best, and happy Father's Day in advance. Speaking um, of Father's Day, yes. I should send a big happy Father's Day to my father. You better do that. And all the fathers out there, all the big daddies, and you, of course, are well, a father. Happy yep. Father's Day to you, and happy Why, summer. Yeah, hey. It's a big day tomorrow. I'll tell you. Uh, Longest day, Father's you Day. You have been very busy down at David Pico Square. I have. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So tell the folks why you've been busy. Well, Luminato is really presenting the hub or the headquarters Mm -hmm. at David Pico Square as a a backyard. It's Toronto's backyard garden. And so, yes, I've been very busy installing mounds and birch trees and flowers. I've had some wonderful volunteers helping. And uh, we've really prettied it up a lot. It's bright, uh, cheerful, lots of extra oxygen. The grass looks great. We even mowed the lawn, if you can imagine. So, Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's been a big deal. And we're going to maybe check it out later today because there's restaurants, bars, music okay. oh, starting oh, at 11 you o'clock. The bars? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> there you are. Funny that Charlie would know about that. Hmm? Yeah, well, it's all. Uh, and right through to 1.30 every morning. Yeah, already. Now, I'm off to get a little tree for you from, oh, right. from which we started an acorn from High Park. We did. That you can take out to the big goings-on out in Scarborough. Today. At the Bluffs. At the Bluffs. Okay. Right. It'll be, a, it'll be a door prize. Somebody's going to win a little oak seedling. We gotta go. We uh, do. do. your wrap-up, my friend. I will, my friend. Okay. Thank you, my friend, for being such a good sous chef. And thank you to all the wonderful callers. Thanks, Sebastian. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, 
and The Garden Show.